Thanks for joining us on Melbourne Loop. I'm Chris, and in this episode, Andrew and I are talking to Hayley, the CEO of Melba, to get a snapshot of the last 12 months and to get a bit of a glimpse of the future plans for Melba. Can you describe Melbourne three words, Hayley? I love this question because I think many would think I would say passion, commitment, human rights, as I push that into one word. But actually, if I wanted to authentically describe Melba in three words, it would be person comes first. Wow, that's great. What's your vision for Melba? My vision for Melba, interesting because Melba has a vision and our current vision is a society that values the individuality and rights of all people. And our purpose is to open up a world of opportunities for people to lead a fabulous life. So my vision is actually a combination um, and it is a world where the uniqueness of each individual is not only valued but embraced. And I think this has become more and more important, um, especially in our current times of COVID, whereby each individual is valued for their uniqueness. And that a person with a disability gets full autonomy to live the life that they want, how they want, with whom they want, Etc. Etc. So I think my vision, in short, is for Melbourne to be the enabler, so that people with a disability just get to live their life. Fabulous. What's come to life during the year for Melbourne? What's come to life during the year? Well, obviously we can't ignore COVID. But what I do want to say is that the Melbourne community's ability to adapt and be creative, for me, has been quite astounding. What I've seen come to life is virtual activities, activities that we would never have before thought possible. So, for example, Arrow, which is our advocacy group made up of people who purchase supports and services from Melba. And for those that may not know, Arrow stands for Advocacy Rights, Responsibilities, Outcomes and Work. That group has certainly come to life at Melba. It's gone from a group of maybe six or eight individuals now to a group of 38 people across the state by using virtual technology. The other area when I think that I'd like to say that stands out coming to life is after creators. Our art studio has gone virtual. So what that's meant, Arthur Creative is based in Ballarat. But now it actually has over 31 artists who can actually get the benefit of an artist's studio, but virtually through technology. Yeah, that's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think being able to see the positives of what's come out this year has been quite astounding for me. And I guess I can't go past the whole of the Melbourne community and their ability to actually um, live positively in this really challenging and unprecedented time. Yeah, well, look, obviously um, the annual report is going to take us through a snapshot of the year, but uh, what we were wondering as well is what's been uh, a personal highlight for you from the year? I think actually the personal highlight for me without going through the annual report because really in, in, in times like today, um, the Melbourne community has achieved so much. But for me, I think my personal highlight is actually being a part of Melba. In fact, there's been many, many times where I've been astounded, 
humbled and at times even gobsmacked at the courage, commitment, passion of the whole of the Melbourne community, whether it's how people have adapted to lockdown and can I say at times many of the people that Melbourne supports have adapted better than I have um, at our family, um, at their patience, their tolerance, their support, whilst we've seen so many changes to the way that we live our lives, sometimes even overnight. So I think it's that continual commitment of the people that surround me that continue to be flexible and support people to lead their possible life. And I know it's not one small highlight, but it's just that constant um, reminder to me when I sit back and I go, wow. This is, this is quite amazing what yeah. people have managed to achieve. And being appointed CEO, I guess, was obviously you would have felt that way as well when you were told, right? Indeed, indeed. And I guess, um, I'm sorry, I, I, you can't see on podcast people's faces, I know that, but I'm, I'm smiling now from here. <laughs> um, because that, you're quite right. If I was to take it really down to the personal um, how incredibly privileged and honoured I was and continue to be um, to be appointed the CEO of um, Melba. Yeah. And I don't think that can be underestimated. And, hey, we've got lots to achieve and lots to accomplish, and that's not to say that we do everything perfectly, and that is truly the Melba way that we are very good at taking a step back and going, wow, how can we do this better? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah um, that would be probably the, the biggest um, personal <laughs> highlight. Consolidation's been important to Melbourne during the year. What have we done in this space? Consolidation has been absolutely critical. And briefly, I just want to give a bit of background to why, because I often get asked, why consolidation? Why consolidation? And if we were to look at the past few years of Melbourne, 2017, the NDS, the NDIS came about, which changed everything. Brilliantly, philosophically, it changed everything. It put the absolute control into the person with a disability, but it shifted how organisations actually delivered support. In 2019, in August, September, um, we were very proud to be able to welcome nearly 70 homes through the transfer of government services. And then in 1920, Christmas time, end of year, wow, the bushfires. And that actually impacted many of the people we support and staff. And then, of course, you can't ignore the pandemic. So, so much has happened for Melba. We've gone through this rapid growth. We, we grew financially five times. We doubled in terms of people we support. We now support, what, 1,400 people and have over 1,500 staff. So it was really time to take stock because one of Melba's strategic goals may be growth but it is never to the detriment of the person supported. Growth should always be driven by the person that purchased Melbourne services. So this is the time for us to consolidate. It's the time for us to say, did we get things right? And if we didn't get them quite right, what do we actually need to do? It was a time to look at our back of house, all those systems that one needs to enable us to continue to be flexible and adaptable and to support people in the way. Um, they, they want to be supported. So that's why this year has been an important year of consolidation. Yeah. It's to make sure somebody said to me, um, we want the organisation to hum, Hayley, and I quite like that. Yeah. It's almost like if we're humming, we're fit for purpose, we're ready to go, 
And we can leap, we can change, we can pivot, but always to make sure that we can support people, enable people to lead their best life. Yep. And over the next 12 months, is there a specific challenge that you're working on to work uh, your way through? Um, I'm going to be really blunt. Over the next 12 months, we just need to get through COVID. We need to ensure that we keep people safe, healthy and well. Um, And that's not to say that after consolidation, um, we won't be right to be able to continue to shift to a very changing landscape. So what we found is people supported. COVID actually enabled people to um, try many different things that they may never have been able to do before. So what I'd like to be able to say is our challenge is to ensure that we've consolidated well and that we're actually ready, willing to be able to enter into our next phase of being able to support people to lead their best life. But the other challenge is the volatility of the NDIS. Um, we've seen many changes occur with the NDIS over the past 18 months. And I think the very sad part is whilst we have always been absolutely supportive of the NDIS and philosophically it is the best thing to ever happen, the operational part of the NDIS has been a real disappointment. What we've seen is bureaucracy, complexity and a downward pressure in pricing, meaning that people's plans are being cut. So I think from a challenge perspective, the focus must be on the NDIS and ensuring that it actually upholds its original intention to be able to support people. Absolutely. Um, Next to you, Mel, are you looking forward to that, Hayley? Oh, I can't wait. 50 years. Wow. Not only do I love a good good party, I love a birthday and I love a celebration. (laughs) But you know what? Melba's got so much to be proud of and so much to celebrate. So... I can't wait and I'm so looking forward to, I know there's a lot of work going on around being able to um, bring together Melba's proud history in in a raft of different ways, including the writing of our history, um, including many celebrations. But the other thing that I find astounding and really joyous is that we still have a number of our life governors who started Melba. 50 years ago, and they are still very much a part of the Melbourne life today. And um, I can't wait to share that. These people have not really had a chance, I think, because of COVID, to be able to share their experiences with the now much larger Melbourne community. So I can't wait. Good one. Thanks for your time, Hayley, and thank you, Andrew, for being co-host. Well and truly welcome. I'm hoping to catch up with you in person really soon, Chris. And good to talk to you, Hayley, for part of the podcast. We're going to join you for Melba's um, interview and this nice um, interview that we had here. It was really nice of you to join us. I, um, I'm very, very um, pleased being able to actually join you. And again, I look forward to be able to doing this in person. That's Hayley, the CEO of Melba, and our co-host, Andrew. I'm Chris, and for more information on what services Melba offers, go to melbasupport.com.au. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel, Melba Loop. Go to iTunes or SoundCloud. Living.